You're listening to Once, episode 331, The Girl in the Tower. Hello and welcome back to Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Jeremy. I'm Aaron. <laughs> and I don't have a last name this week, <laughs> but that's all right, because we are here to talk about the girl in the tower. I loved this episode. I did too. <laughs> so much better what? than last week. <laughs> it was good. It was so good. I love Alice in Wonderland, so that helps, but it was so good. Yeah, I... um. As long as we don't talk about the timeline. Mm, yes. <laughs> mm, yes. I yeah, I didn't I didn't have any glaring problems or I didn't see any glaring problems with the timeline. Now that you said it, I want to talk about it. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yes, you take the turn to be the complainer this week. So I loved this episode and I and literally, as long as I just forget about the timeline, it was amazing. <laughs> but then I can't forget about the timeline because I watched the episode three times and I do a podcast about it every week. So True. if Robin was 25 in these flashbacks, which is what she said when we first met her back when uh, Regina went to get help from Zelina, when Drizella first threatened this curse that was coming. Yes. Or something happening in eight years. That means that now she's 33, and I don't think 33-year-olds act like this. 33? Because 25 plus 8 is 33. I don't think so it's So that means in eight. present day, it's because Lucy's eight years old. Lucy was a baby in uh, this episode. Well, oh, 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 wait. But mm, present day, we didn't really see Robin present day much she saw enough to know she was backpacking through europe and had like big fight with her mom and yeah like we've heard enough about her Margot. Margot. she's been gone a long time yeah as long as anyone can remember right <laughs> but right. yeah that was my only gripe oh. was the character ages and they still kind of get away with it by saying not in this realm when she said oh you're 23 mm-hmm. now no 25 not in this realm or something. Yeah, which I still kind of suspect they were living in the Enchanted Forest and time was normal, but time was moving differently where Regina had been. But even still, if it's eight years after this, and this is 10 years after Henry left, which is two years after the present day <laughs> that we saw last year, last year when the season finale was, uh, that means we're like 15... We're like a lot in the future, like 20 years in the future. And so why are they still using iPhones and why do walkie talkies even exist anymore? Oh, dang. You know what I mean? Because they're still in our present day. Right. You're right. There's nothing about Hyperion. But all this time has passed. All their pop culture references are relevant. Yeah. But both in the past and the present. Like there's like a eight to ten years spread and they're still like talking about the same things right ew because like when did she make the beyonce and jay-z reference that was when robin first went back 
right? Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because one of the things I loved about this episode was the mixture of pop culture references between like Alice and her like air quote pop culture references from being locked in a tower for her 17 years. Right. And Robin and her like legitimate like I ran track and field. I was the popular one. Uh, I stole the sheriff's yellow bug eight minutes and then she found me. <laughs> I was I was so happy that they actually made, they sort of acknowledged that she was a mean girl in Storybrooke. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, she was really different in everything we saw in those first flashbacks. So I am kind of leaning more toward the feedback we got last week that this is all just a story. Because when you're writing a story, you can write it in the future, but you still only have present pop culture references. Right. That, oh, that's one of the most disappointing things <laughs> that I've I'm heard so sorry. about this whole season. Uh, yeah, the timeline's pretty and It only goofy. took us how many episodes to get there? <laughs> right. Because, like, I'm, I would almost, I would be better if they would be more specific and more overt in saying, oh, yeah, it's been a lot of years, but they've all been somewhere where time passed differently than it did in our world and so seattle's just kind of like right where they left it but then when they ended up there they were much older yes now there is still a slight question as to why oh maybe the curse was a little time travely maybe because that's possible we still don't know why regina said we can't go to storybrook and they can't know we're here oh because maybe like all of them yeah that could yeah, like, I mean, that would help explain it, but I still don't like that idea. I don't know if I like it, but I like it better than just oops. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if they don't make a big thing out of it where they're just like, oh, it took us back in time, too. And so that's why we couldn't contact anyone in Storybrooke because we we know what happens <laughs> if you mess with things like that. Yeah, that's true. It wouldn't be. It's <laughs> not unprecedented even in the show. Not entirely. Except the time travel. Yeah. Except the dark curse doesn't, hasn't really done that before, but there were some similarities in the way it was cast to what, uh, Zelina did with the, uh, oozing of whatnot on the ground. (laughs) 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 Viscous magic. (laughs) Maybe when Emma defeated, wait, did Emma even defeat? I can't even remember last season. When good and evil made the right choice, the final battle was won. Maybe when that final battle was won, Storybrooke reset to 28 years ago. And so, I know, it doesn't work, but... It didn't totally seem like it. Because we 28 have years ago, flashbacks from beyond. Yeah. We have flashbacks from beyond that point, And like all of Robin's growing up in Storybrooke. So... Right, but what if she did her growing up in the 28 years and then now we're still in present day? Uh, I know. I don't know. It's a bad theory because there's nothing else I can say. Are you saying like nothing changed in Storybrooke, but they went back in time 28 years? Well, because they were frozen like a for 28 years, which is why the sheriff still drove that old car. Oh, the sheriff's car? <laughs> Yeah. You don't mean the Beetle. And then, right. No, I don't mean the Beetle. I mean like the cruiser. Also, you don't refer to Emma as the sheriff. <laughs> oh, I was meaning Graham. <laughs> right. 
You were trying not to say his name, weren't I don't you? Know. I'm just kidding. Well, do you know what? I had an epiphany <laughs> this week that Graham could be. Graham could come back in this series because now oh, we're in Wish Realm. And dang. He never died in Wish Realm. Oh, yeah, probably and I was like, not. Oh, I want to share this on the podcast, but everyone will be so sad. And everyone will be so like. Hashtag still not over it. <laughs> Yeah, nobody. Ugh, that is still a can of worms that is just not settled. This is definitely the can of worms Graham? season. No wish realm. <laughs> the, the timeline. Yeah, we we got some really good feedback about wish realm. Chuck wrote in and he said, "You guys were talking about the inconsistencies in the aging of Nook in the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Here's the inconsistency I see." was, quote, new enchanted forest, unquote, created by the Wish in the last season of Once Proper. Otherwise, how could Nook even exist to have Alice in the new enchanted forest since he didn't exist until a few years ago on the timeline? Not to mention that he was already old in the Wish timeline, so he never existed as the young Nook until Tremaine slash Rapunzel used magic to make him young again. That is, unless the Wish rearranged all the timelines. Of course, that would actually explain the inconsistencies in the timelines. They were all retroactively changed by the Wish in the last season of Once Proper. I'm sure what I just wrote doesn't make sense, but it does to me. Anyway, love the show. (laughs) Thank you, Chuck. Um, It actually does make perfect sense to me. We've had some discussions around that. And I think, at the very least, we decided that it must be that when the Wish Realm was created, it was created with an actual real history. Like, it was created to a point as far back as any other realm. But which doesn't make sense. Or they have a shared history and it just splits, you know, sort of like the whole string theory thing. So at the moment yeah. that was changed, which was something pivotal like the Charmings defeating the evil queen, that's where the timelines diverged and they have a common history up to that point. But see, I still think Hook's stuff works because that history has happened so the wish realm was created what season season five season four it was season six season six wasn't it the wish realm yeah like when no because it was a finale (laughs) when henry went back oh i'm getting when henry went back to rewrite the story wasn't that the wish realm i when isaac was the author that was not the Wish Realm. He didn't rewrite the Wish Realm. Wish Realm was where, um, what did I call her? Rhonda, who wasn't Rhonda yet. She was still the second evil queen. She wished that Emma would get her oh, wish yeah. to never have been the savior. And Emma disappeared and she went to the Wish Realm and Regina went to rescue her. And that's where they got Wish Robin and they met okay. Nook. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board. I was confused. Sorry, guys. So, but that still works because there's been like all these years. So Hook would have been the same age in that realm when it was created that he was when we first met him in the series in season two, because he would have been about to enter a bubble with Cora to wait 28 years for the savior to come. <laughs> so then when that never happened, their history just continued like you were talking about, but it's been x amount of years like it's been long enough for henry to age out of the system move away get on his bike go age meet out Ella. of the system 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he wasn't really in the system, per se. No, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, I was just yeah. joking. But it's been all of those years, but I guess that's still not really long enough for Hook. The Hooks are the same to... age. It's just our Hook had the privilege of never aging, whereas right. Nook did age and then got it reversed. So same because destination. Because all of those 20 years of the curse would have passed, plus all of the time since Henry. But that's really the crucial part is the assumption that it the realm was created with a history rather than coming into existence at the moment Emma arrived there. Because otherwise, since Alice is technically a child, at least partially, of the Wish Realm, <laughs> she couldn't exist. Yeah. So... Definitely has, it definitely has a history, because. But that, that that is somewhat problematic. We may have mentioned that before, because if it has a history, and if Hook was able to travel to other realms, that Hook, who knows what effect on other timelines it would have and should have had, because it clearly had an effect on assuming another realm is different than the Wish Realm, as we've been assuming. He had an effect on it by going and meeting Gothel and all of that stuff. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm finding myself not any clearer. <laughs> that's any that's fair. I don't know that I am either, but that's my story. And I'm sticking to it, but not really. I don't know if they're sticking to it. I think they would be wise to stick to my story. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that they did stick to very precisely was the 6,205 days that Alice spent in that tower. <gasps> I did not even do the math. 17. Oh, okay. 17, 17. years, because it was her birthday. Oh, true. Uh, so they didn't so have to 17 add years. <laughs> and I had actually guessed that based on how many candles I could count. I think I counted seven candles and decided if she was 10 when Hook disappeared and she's been doing a cupcake Emma-style wish for herself every year that she would be oh. 17. So you're talking candles that were in the box where she put the one she blew out? Yes. Okay. And uh, I think it's safe to say she she did go a little mad being in that tower alone. She was so good. She was really good. She legitimately seemed younger. I mean, the hair helped, the hair and makeup and whatever, but she just seemed, even the way she screamed, she seemed younger. Yeah. Yeah, she did a phenomenal job. Maybe even younger than 17, but if you grow up alone in a tower, I think a slight deficit in behavioral maturity is probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, she was talking to a hat. and yes. <laughs> I wonder, though, if she... So there were a lot of Peter Pan references. Or no, there was one, at least one Peter Pan reference, a lot of... Oz references and then many Wonderland references throughout the episode. But the the hat and then the bunny and the tea party and her singing a very happy birthday. Um, that was all very Wonderland. So I wonder if Hook told her about Wonderland or if she made all of that up before she'd ever even gone there. Okay, so this that's the thing that was bugging my brain a little bit, but not in a way that I hated. <laughs> it's almost like Hook named her Alice, and then she was stuck in the tower with toys and a book and other books, but also she was named Alice, so that maybe became her favorite. It's almost like she became Alice 
in Wonderland and other places <laughs> simply because of the story and pretending. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, that could explain why there's another Alice in this case, just because she is Alice and she did go to Wonderland. But and other places, <laughs> you know, that explains a little bit about why she seems to also be the Mad Hatter. <laughs> and there's not any great evidence that she's also met the White Rabbit and done all those other things that were in the original Alice in Wonderland stories. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she did outrun a Bandersnatch. True. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no evidence well, that she that didn't helps. do those things, but still that it helps with timelines and things a little bit. I think too, in the original Alice in Wonderland book, Alice felt very trapped in her upbringing and in the expectations of herself. So the symbolism connection kind of works yeah. here, but yeah, of course she's going to go mad if she's stuck in a tower alone. Yeah. Surprising. She wasn't weirder <laughs> but yeah, when she's saying happy birthday it was very similar to the hatter singing very merry unbirthday in i think in the animated alice in wonderland yes it's in the animated one and then it's from i remember we talked about this in the first in my first podcast in wonderland once upon a time in wonderland um it wasn't in that story. So that song was in Through the Looking Glass uh, where uh, and what Alice did there, or sorry, Through the Looking Glass. But it wasn't in the original Alice in Wonderland. And it wasn't the Hatter that sang it in the in the book. So that was like a Disney Disneyfication. A Disneyfication of it. <laughs> did we just yes. coin that word? Probably not <laughs> if the internet has everything. <laughs> But Alice got herself out. She did. We just didn't know she got herself out at the time. <laughs> oh, it's funny because I recognized the troll, but I couldn't place it. And then obviously <laughs> later I recognized it. But Oh, you mean from Seattle? Yes. Yes. He didn't look terribly familiar to me. He looked a little doofy. <laughs> but uh, of course, probably. And I've never even seen the BFG Big friendly giant. I've heard Never parts of it from another it. room, but that's definitely what I thought of. I haven't seen it either. So there may have actually been, and maybe uh, maybe some of our listeners can let us know. Uh, there probably were some BFG references that I wouldn't have picked up on, or there could have been. I should say I don't know if they were doing that intentionally. I think they called him. Didn't they call the troll a BFG in the past? Did I thought they? they called him some? I thought they called him something. I thought Robin called him something. I could see Robin doing that because she would get the reference. <laughs> <laughs> so how many years do you think it's been since Alice got out of the tower to the the next time we see her, which is years enough later that she has been to other places <laughs> yet on her birthday? Well, yeah. Trying to think. She was out when Henry arrived. Oh, yeah. Because as I recall, she was one of the first people... He met, he, yes. Yeah. So she was out then. And, and, that was, we, and by then she had already been to other places. Right. And we know that there was enough time for Henry to meet Jacinda. I mean, <laughs> Ella. And 
do all the fighting and things that they <laughs> did in their little rebellion and then have Lucy, but only just apparently by this point. So I don't know, maybe four years. Four years since we first met Four her. or five. Well, yeah, since okay. the tower. So she's like in her early 20s. I would, would assume so, yeah. Okay, which works. Yeah. I had like some Katniss Everdeen moments <laughs> when we met Robin. I was like, well, your hair is styled the same, but I also style my hair like that. But I don't, I don't wield a bow and arrow. Well, you so. could. I love when she said, don't move, spy. And then Alice just runs away. <laughs> I know. I like, what did you just judge that she wouldn't kill you in that moment or? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, she's not the most, they, they actually say that like, um, they like the infamous, they like the Facebook <laughs> posts say that if anyone ever like is pointing a weapon at you that you should run away because the likelihood of them hitting a moving target is very slim. Oh, so. really? Like I don't know that I would test life. that if I were in that situation in real life. Um, I don't know that I would either. I'm just I'm just telling you what I've read, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> like if their finger is as twitchy as me making a move to run away, I'm not really a moving target if I'm at, you know, like very close range. <laughs> yes. I mean, she was like an inch from her forehead. Yeah. Which, by the way, bow and arrow. Robin did that at least twice in this episode. Would that work at that range? Would that hurt anybody? I mean, I'm sure it would hurt, but would it like do what you think it would do? I think it's the strongest when it's released from yeah, the but, bow. She would mean, have had to pull it should, back. I don't know if we want to contemplate. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen if she let go? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think what Alice was proving is she was all talk. <laughs> right. And another thing Robin did that I didn't, know if I believed would work was that cage. I don't know if she did that. Did she do that or was oh, that no, just... Oh, no, it sure seemed like it was hers. Well, she's on the team, you know, of all these oh, people true. I don't know. But mostly, <laughs> so the cage comes down and it's made of apparently some kind of light wood. And I was like, yeah, that works on an animal maybe, but like what stops Alice from just lifting up one edge of it and getting out? <laughs> it didn't look like it was all well, that heavy. I think what stopped Alice was that she was triggered because she thought she was going to be locked in a tower again. <laughs> she was so triggered. she just didn't even try. <laughs> oh, my she gosh. Was. <laughs> <laughs> Their banter was hilarious. The It was. Nook, the new hook. Okay, Nobbin. Nobbin. <laughs> tower girl. It was cute. Uh, I liked Nobbin. Even though it didn't <laughs> quite make sense, but Alice didn't know that. Well, she thought it did. New hook, <laughs> new hook, nook. Well, she kind of is Robin, new Robin because her dad's gone. So she even called herself Robin Hood. So she is new Robin. That storyline kind of the whole like fulfilling her father's legacy or whatever. Yeah. That was a little bit yawn. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad that they, she kind of realized at the end that she was just doing another stupid thing because... You don't have to be the new Robin Hood. That's kind of stupid. <laughs> no. So. I mean, it was a good girl power episode as far as the banter with the mob. <laughs> right. But the, the Frankenstein mob. Sorry. Yeah. I I had to laugh at the, the male characters in that 
storyline though. So I was like, as hard as they fight to, you know, fight the the typical two dimensional female characters, they sure wrote a lot of two dimensional male characters in this. <laughs> but just stereotypical, <laughs> like, oh, you can, you've got a weapon. Well, you can stay and guard the women and children. <laughs> and then also, I'm going to bully you just because I can, or I think I can. It, it reminded me a lot of the scene from Beauty and the Beast where <laughs> Gaston has the mirror and she's like, Belle's like, show me the beast. And then he, he convinces the whole like melee. It's like a melee of people that just now want to kill the beast because <laughs> he, they, he's convinced them that the beast is dangerous and Al- or Alice <laughs> And Belle is like, he's kind and gentle. He's my friend, which is basically what Alice said. That's true. <laughs> and uh, that scene f- cracked me up. <laughs> which one? He goes, I say we charge in. Torches blazing. And I was like, well, first of all, I don't think the torches are usually the main threat, though people carry torches when they are mobbing. But but then, so he says that, and the the main thing, I know they were probably supposed to be pitchforks, but they just looked like a bunch of garden rakes stuck in the air. <laughs> I laughed out loud both times I watched it. They're like, yeah, here's my garden rake. We're going to get the leaves off him. That'll teach him. Poor troll. Poor troll. He was misunderstood and not even real. <laughs> But he did come back. Kind of like the season. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so good. (laughs) Uh, He did come back. Just like the season. (laughs) Yeah. So Alice has magic. Yes. Strange magic. She can like manifest stuff. Or conjure stuff, or just what she wishes comes true. And she should be careful, because her friendly giant was apparently menacing a realm for years while she was gone, after freeing her. Well, that's what I didn't understand, because if he just came back, like, Robin implied when she was kind of getting to the bottom of this, that, um, that he just came back because she didn't want to be alone on her birthday. That's true. If it was sort of, maybe he just showed up as she was starting to think about her birthday or being alone or something like that. Or maybe he was just the innocent and there was something else terrorizing the village people. Maybe. Because that's never happened on, you know, Disney and or otherwise. Right. That an innocent thing that looks scary gets blamed for things it didn't do never (laughs) i really loved all the mixture of we talked about this earlier but of the pop culture or the references that robin made from our world to alice who had no idea what she was talking about it was very similar to um (laughs) your whole life trapped in this tiny little box (laughs) yes (laughs) that was so great (laughs) oh and also we did learn why they can't go back to storybrook because it's insufferably quaint Oh, is that why? (laughs) It's enough for Regina to warn everybody. (laughs) I kind of wish we got a flashback of teenage Robin stealing Emma's bug and Emma catching her. (laughs) I know. That would have been great. Maybe we still will. Maybe. 
I don't know why, but it wouldn't be the first time they've described something in such detail that I felt like I saw it. And then they went and did the flashback. (laughs) They would have to have Jennifer Morrison back, though. It's true. But I mean, episode 150 is coming. And so is the series finale. So you never know. Who might be in what? Would you rather have cast members back for 150 or for the series finale? Series finale. Yeah. Personally. So 150 could just be nothing. Yeah. My only fear there is it felt like we had a series finale for most of our characters. And so could they top that? I do not know. Hmm. It could be so nice, though. To... Yeah, I, I mean, we'll... it wouldn't. It wouldn't suck if they came back for both. <laughs> what do we have left now? Eight episodes? Uh, something like that, yeah. Something like that. Don't do math on a podcast. We did, while while we're on that subject, we did get the final air dates from Matthew Paul, who helps keep track of that stuff. And the season finale is going to be played. Series finale. It's Is it the series finale and season finale? It's both. <laughs> 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 is going to be on the Canada Long Weekend, May 18th, I believe. <laughs> the Canada Long Weekend. It's Victoria Day. It's Queen Victoria's birthday. Um, Maybe she's And I Alice. believe it's two separate titles, but this it's like a double, but it's not playing on the same night. Right. I, I read one parts. article saying that they had the same title, and Matthew Paul said they have different titles. Matthew Paul usually really knows what he's talking about. Yes. More than most journalists. <laughs> I wonder if it's a case. Hashtag higher than nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's a case of like, wasn't there one that was straight on or second start of the right? And then the next episode was called in straight on till morning. Yes, that did happen. So then that's kind of the same title, but actually different titles. Right. Actually. Actually different titles. Yep. That just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Do we, what do we think Alice's magic? Well, I mean, she's a hippie witch daughter <laughs> and a hippie troll hugger. <laughs> there are a lot of hippies in this show. There's a lot of hippies. And I mean, the apple that Tilly bought was certified organic. <laughs> you know, I don't think it fell that far from the tree. <laughs> um, it's Seattle. Everything is certified organic. that's probably true i don't know here's my crackpot theory if we're ready for this (laughs) alice never left the tower this entire season was conjured by her or is in her imagination (laughs) i sometimes believe as many as six impossible things before breakfast (laughs) p.s that was a quote that alice didn't say in wonderland but that's okay they trade it they've been trading quotes around quite a bit yeah just to make sure they get in there somewhere which is fun. But then if she didn't save herself, this, this whole episode that I loved is kind of redundant. Like I loved the theme of Robin pointing out to her that she saved herself. The troll didn't save her. She saved herself. She yeah. conjured the troll. I, I don't know. I just, I find that very empowering. It's, you don't need anybody else to save you. You can save yourself. That's been a theme of this show. Yeah forever it's funny because i i wrote down something sort of opposite but i thought that you might say that and so i was happy that there would be balance in our (laughs) our analysis so so what's your thing i think i think that i'm i'm cool with it 
as a standalone thing, but because this show seems to never not do that, I think that if every story and every potential uh, inspirational character or role model character has that same story, I think that in a time when someone might be in just a real life situation, even just emotionally or mentally or whatever, situationally, where they really do legitimately need someone else, they might sort of feel like, I should be like that. I should be strong enough to save myself, but I'm not. And I I just don't know if that's a great message as an only message to say. Sometimes we do need other people. I agree. And I think, though, in this, she she had another person because she conjured a troll. Like, she conjured what she needed. True. And I can't do that. No, I can't do that either. <laughs> but symbolically, like, you could even look at it as, like, I think this episode could very easily be applied to someone battling mental health, mm-hmm. uh, some type of mental health uh, issue. And mm, Interesting. I I really do think that when you're dealing with any type of a mental health issue, like you have to be the one to make the choice to save yourself. You don't do that alone. Like you get a a, a team of people or you get support or you get spirituality, like whatever you get, yeah. you get from the outside world. But until you make that choice, yes. like even if you're battling addiction, like until you make the choice to change Anybody else trying to save you is going to be completely ineffective. Wow. So I do think I, 100% I agree. totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm glad you pointed that out because it's true. I don't think. I don't think we can always save ourselves, but I do think that we have the power. Like we're the one that has to be the catalyst for yeah. our saving. <laughs> we can't just sit there and be the victim. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, good. Love it. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I think, uh, and they may have also been kind of trying to at least acknowledge that somewhat, because at the same time, she didn't want to be alone, and she wasn't alone. Yes. Well, but, and she also, she said, I escaped these walls, but I'm still trapped. I love So it that doesn't scene. always look the way it looks. Like you sometimes have to take other steps, or I think a lot of, a lot of this world, like a lot of our culture is like, well, I'll be happy when I get this. Like, I'll be happy when I get the perfect job. I'll be happy when I find the perfect spouse. I'll be happy when I have my kids. I'll be happy when I get a promotion. And really that's not like, you kind of have to be in the present moment where you're, you're not trapped by that. Right. Like be happy now. Yeah. We put our hope in some, thing that might happen or or some event or we think if this would happen or i get this then everything will be better yeah and when that disappoints and it will we're just left with now what right because she did escape but then she she wasn't happy and she was still alone and i mean (laughs) granted she can't see her father right like real battles. This is real stuff that she's dealing with. But she had to come to that realization that she didn't need to lean on on just that anymore. Yeah, she and it could was somehow making yeah. her just want to be back where she was. Yeah, I loved that whole little uh, monologue of hers. Very <laughs> nice writing. And then you- <laughs> we got the formation of the troll. 
Yes. Surprise, Seattle. <laughs> the Fremont <laughs> Troll was made in some form of the Enchanted Forest. I don't know when it ended up in Seattle, but... <laughs> it literally just poofed there. <laughs> yeah, yes. And, oh, it's actually holding... It really is holding a beetle. Oh, interesting. I am looking at pictures of it right now. Honestly, I didn't notice that any of the other times that we've looked at it or talked about it. See, I can't remember what we talked about. I knew there was a Volkswagen reference, but I think that was the I. Yes. So the Fremont Troll is real and it's in Seattle (laughs) and it's actually bigger than the replica that they use on the show. But I think they did shoot there one time. I can't remember for sure. But... The eye really is a Volkswagen Beetle hubcap. But I hadn't noticed that under his left hand, he's actually got a A beetle. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cute. I'm so glad that whenever that troll went up, they did it just for once upon a time. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, um, well, maybe somebody, one of the writers actually wished for it and it was created in the past. Right. So that it would have some age and be a real thing that we know about. I would guess Janice Benson. Maybe Eddie Kitsis. Speaking of the troll. The troll, which is, doesn't even need an anti-aging spell. No, but he's still Tilly's BFF, which I like that they made that connection. She still goes to talk to him. Yeah. I loved when she asked him, I don't have that kind of malice in me, do I? Or whatever she said. She said malice. And I thought that Alice was very emphasized when she said malice. My goodness. (laughs) So she puts the Alice in malice? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Did you notice that they mentioned what I said last week? Tilly couldn't hurt a fly. Yeah, except for that time she shot Weaver. (laughs) (laughs) What? She did? (laughs) Henry didn't even know that. It's interesting that Rogers and Henry are like working together. Yeah. And so they didn't wake Rogers up, but they solved my complaint. They had three people running around who are not awake together. So it wasn't like this painful... Would someone just slap some sense into him kind of thing where they're trying to make up stories? We were watching them all try to figure it out together with none of them knowing more than the others. So it actually well, worked this week. Well, mostly. Alice she doesn't count. has two jigsaw, two jigsaw puzzles in one box. I loved that. <laughs> that was cute. I love that suddenly Rogers also knows how to be a detective. Yeah. All of a sudden. He's, poof. he's competent this week. And I'm sure the only place in the entire Hyperion Heights that Tilly could have gotten powdered sugar on her coat was at the Rolling Bayou. Yeah. I mean, beignets are everything right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A detective's only as good as his writers. And this week, his writers were pretty good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> powdered so, sugar and a certified organic apple sticker. Here's my thing. Tilly... It's probably one of the most memorable people you would ever meet. So is that just a kind of a weirdness in the plot versus the casting? Or is that sort of actually legit part of the curse for her? 
to be sort of invisible to people and hard to remember. Or is it like option three that Mother Gothel put some type of a curse on those people? True. When she's trying to frame Tilly. True, because somebody followed her around closely enough to leave her backpack where she left it, but put the hair clippings in. Yeah. That's a possibility. I do I do feel like it's a very valid concern in the world that we live in that we're like walking about and and no one's really seeing us. Right. Yeah. So this was also there was an episode of Buffy where the girl <laughs> the teenager, the high school student went invisible. Like she became invisible because of how invisible she felt because nobody would acknowledge her. And I think like for Tilly, like for someone like Tilly, who like, it seems she knows everybody, like she said, but nobody knows her because she's probably just that like annoying kid that talks people's ears off or whatever. But I do, I would say it's more likely that there's some type of a, a spell maybe Possibly. yeah i think that's very possible but either way i do not like that mr charles <laughs> yeah he, he was, was a not apologetic aggressive. he was yeah, aggressive no. is a great word like look a lot of people come in here and i don't know you yeah it's like and i'll never see my family again if i admit that i know who you are <laughs> yes like dude most people would be embarrassed by the fact that someone knows their name and you and they don't know that person. Especially when you're in a customer service role. Right. Okay. <laughs> Customer's always right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So if Gothel put some type of a spell, like we know Gothel. Well, actually, I guess we don't know that Gothel is doing the framing because we don't know if Gothel's the one killing the people. I'd say most likely not. But she did just see Tilly and she did that creepy wave thing. Yeah. She's weird. But who, why would anybody want to frame Tilly? Yeah. Other than Gothel. And Gothel keeps referring to, she considers them to be part of like a sisterhood. So I I really don't think she's the one doing it. True. I think we're supposed to suspect Dr. Facilier, but I don't know that I suspect that either. Yeah, I don't know who we're supposed to suspect at this point. Yeah. Surprise, it, it's Tilly. No. <laughs> what if it's Zelina? Who? That'd be weird. There's <gasps> kind of. It's Margo. Yeah. She hasn't really been in Tibet. <laughs> She's actually awake. Um, do people that have been backpacking okay, so color me <laughs> color me naive. I've never been backpacking through Tibet or anywhere. Where everybody talks to Do you literally get off the plane, (laughs) like still with your camera around your neck, with the lens cap (laughs) off, with the hat on? What's the... She had... Okay, I missed the camera. That's hilarious. That was was even when she went into the bar that I noticed the camera, when she went into Ronnie's. I would say the camera might be put away at that point, but (laughs) I... I've I've never done anything quite like that, but I would say that I've gotten into kind of a like a travel groove where I've kind of got my stuff arranged the way that is convenient for 
travel in a way that's different from everyday life. And I kind of, as I'm ending the trip, I'm kind of reluctant to let that go. And so, because I'm still traveling and I still need access to all that stuff. And so I've just got things kind of arranged in a backpack the way I want it. And I still kind of stay in that until I get home and have a chance to, well, as she, I think, put it, wash the airport out of my hair. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it would be, Tibet's in Asia, right? So it would be a very long flight. Yes. Especially to Seattle, I think, because, like, I live in the center of our continent, and it's long. Well, I don't know why that was funny. I don't either. It was, just, okay. it was like the international version of turn left at the stump. <laughs> I live in the center of our continent and it's very long. <laughs> um, Bethany in the chat room is suspecting that Anastasia is the killer. Gee However, that is grim and also very possible because we haven't seen her and she has a lot of reason. I just don't, I don't think she has it in her. But didn't the doctor, didn't Dr. Sage die at the same time as Tremaine? Which would work because Gothel put that spell on Anastasia. Yeah, but little naive Anastasia, Anastasia, would have to have left the room and perhaps apparated to the hospital (laughs) and immediately poisoned the doctor and took her hair. Like that... It's super yeah. weird. I okay. feel like it's someone with a little more time on their hands than Anastasia's had just coming back from mostly dead and all. Well, I don't think it's a facilier. No. Um, and I don't want it to be a new character. Very no. Like, I'd be okay with a character that we've seen in the past that we didn't know was around. Maybe it's Tiana. Ew. Hey, just saying. That's... Every possibility other than the people we've mostly ruled out is a little bit creepy. Maybe it's Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Who knows? I liked the the what if I don't exist at all bit. Yes. I thought that An was all... existential crisis. But it, it, there was, she's just, she's such a good actress. <laughs> she is. She's genuinely slightly concerned about this and the sort of desperate happiness when Rogers was saying that he sees her and she definitely exists. Right. Oh, it was it's, just so nice. It's hard. I think it's hard. Like she said, if I don't remember not doing it, how do I know I didn't do it? Which is fair. it's kind of fair and then i'm like well if i don't remember killing somebody i'm pretty sure i'm still gonna think i didn't kill somebody and i know this would be a horrible thing to say to her but honestly the medical examiner could have been wrong about the time of death so just because the troll saw her (laughs) at the time of death doesn't mean that she didn't do it and they got the time of death wrong (laughs) maybe i'm sure for the purposes poof there yeah. <laughs> 320 for the purposes of our story ooh maybe she's conjuring a murderer <laughs> oh <laughs> I don't think that was a serious one but maybe I mean I was mostly kidding but they're cutting back and forth between scenes of a troll that was supposed to be friendly 
terrorizing villages and destroying homes. Allegedly. And, allegedly. <laughs> and yeah, that's probably not what's happening. But that'd be a fairly dark twist. And the door is open. So like if they haven't planned well enough, another writer, even if that wasn't this writer's, <laughs> well, this was Dana Horgan and Leah Fong. And maybe they didn't intend that, but maybe a, another writer with a future episode will intend that. <laughs> maybe. It's probably more planned than that, honestly. But, uh, but you know, it's a good, it's a sign of a good episode or a good story arc when we are theorizing. That is true. So it's turning out a little better than we were afraid. That we were afraid. <laughs> it, it seemed so interest, uninteresting a couple of weeks ago, but now that they're focusing a little more on the people and a little less on, like they didn't have a, hey guys, once upon a time is dark this year moment. Right. They didn't have anybody bleeding out this week. When we've been waiting, like I said last week, we were waiting for that episode. We were waiting to hear what happened with Hook's child and what happened in the tower. And then this was just an extension of that. We were waiting for this episode. Like I was waiting since the pilot of this spinoff <laughs> <laughs> to see Tilly's, to just to see Tilly, like to see her story, I guess, which this would it, we don't get Tilly's backstory. We never get the backstory of Hyperion Heights, but... Yeah, because it's ambiguous like, as to how much of that exists. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this part, too. And I enjoyed... I actually really loved the um, Tilly grabbed Robin Hood off the shelf. And then Robin was reading... Margot was reading Alice in Wonderland. I thought that was cute. Yeah. Margot, though might be a hippie so i don't have a great understanding on the difference but i think tilly is a hippie Ooh. and margo is a hipster Ooh, you know what yeah, I'm that's saying? probably true you're probably you right I, i'm going to a hippies versus hipsters uh what? like wedding thing coming up it's like an wedding event thing <laughs> <laughs> Like, do you guys I mean, have like like Jack and Jills or Stag and Does or Doe and Does or any of those things? I'm not sure. Is that a Canadian what? thing? Are you speaking it's like a Canadian big party. right now? <laughs> I guess so. It's like a big party fundraiser that couples have before their wedding to raise really? money for the wedding. Yeah, it's Canadians like Canadians are brilliant. Usually, it's usually at a hall or a church, and there's like people donate prizes, and then you buy tickets and yeah. So Dang. I'm going to like a hippies versus hipsters one. And <laughs> I had to just order glasses a lot like Margot's <laughs> for my costume. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so those are definitely hipsters. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> uh, those will be in the show notes. No. Well, not yet. They will be in not show yet. notes eventually. Yeah, a couple weeks. Or maybe just shared, you know, on Twitter. So we'll tell you how yeah. to follow us later. Cool. <laughs> so we've got a hippie and a hipster. Hippie and a hipster. And a filming location. Because just before the what if I don't exist at all alley scene, they, when Rogers was pulling Tilly off the street... They uncharacteristically had a really prominent brand in the background. Was that the and dumpster? Yes. No, actually. 
So <laughs> with the camera in the alley and looking out past them, you could see the old spaghetti factory across the street. And so I began by searching for old spaghetti factory locations in Seattle heartbreakingly found out that one that was 46 years old and looked really awesome actually closed last December. I don't know why I'm so sad, but I'm very sad about that. But none was of this them one actually in Vancouver. It was. So I Yay. didn't find it in Seattle and I realized, well, maybe they're still filming Vancouver. First I searched Vancouver, Washington, didn't find it there. And so I went to Vancouver, BC and bingo. I found it. So I will post a screenshot of what I found um, in the notes, the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 331. Boom. Boom. Uh, Yeah, because you can very clearly say each location is fairly distinctive. Apparently they are each one that I saw was different from the last. And this one was no exception. And it's funny to actually look on like the street view and see how different it looks to actually just see the street versus how it looks the way they shoot and cut things together and how much, I mean, that was like a five lane road, but it didn't look like it (laughs) just looking out past them. So very interesting, at least to me. And I was very proud of myself for finding a filming locations address all on my own. Good job. <laughs> and honestly, it was probably a mistake that it was so readable in the background. They're probably, <laughs> since they're not a sponsor of the show, they're probably typically not supposed to show things like that. But <laughs> Maybe. I um, The only thing I noted about location was that the waterfront that a, a scene we're going to talk about later was, um, did look very much like Steveston, or at least like the the places around the BC, like the Vancouver coast that we've seen. Well, that makes sense. They're definitely still filming in Canada. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but at least it's, that's still close to Seattle. So it's not that different. In fact, the first, the first location that I found for the spaghetti factory on the maps, I, I first went, oh, wow, I found Hyperion Heights because it looked, it was on a hill and it looked like the corner where Ronnie's is, but it wasn't, you know, even in the same country. So (laughs) the last thing I wanted to talk about with regards to Tilly was, you know, she returned to her home, which I told you she had a home. She seems very comfortable there. I think she was eating ramen noodles. Is that what that was? She was getting ready to. <laughs> getting ready to. She had a good whole her, stack of them. <laughs> her kettle probably has an auto shut off, which is good. We don't need to discuss the discrepancy between eating a certified organic apple and then a bowl of ramen noodles. <laughs> from a styrofoam organic container. ramen noodles. And certified organic styrofoam. It's Seattle. <laughs> and she's a hippie. No, I've been waiting for them to acknowledge the fact that they were sending her home to her shipping container which has electricity (laughs) somehow and clearly no indoor plumbing which is weird if you think that about that very long (laughs) or not even long enough (laughs) right so they got her out of there which makes me happy so rogers offered her the spare room with the central heating and a better lock than a shipping container which i i don't know if i even buy that but and where she's never shot anyone true (laughs) 
Um, but I mean, so we all know that he's her dad. Yes. She doesn't know he's her dad. Oh, he are you thinking about how awkward that situation is? It's a little awkward, yeah. especially since he's a police officer and she's like a wanted or a previously wanted felon. Yes. I mean, I it's also cute. thought it's it was endearing, marginally but. inappropriate. Marginally. From their she's not, perspective, yes, it's a little inappropriate. And she's not even a kid. Right? That's been Plus, acknowledged. Again, what if he's wrong and like his hair sample ends up in her bag next? <laughs> exactly. But he's <laughs> he I mean it's showing he has faith. In her, yes. In her. Yes. Do you know who we have faith in, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> our heroes. <laughs> Unless you mean Rumpelstiltskin, but I assume you mean our heroes. I do mean our heroes. <laughs> uh, that is a great point. Uh, we love our heroes because they help us be here. They help here us run are. our website. It costs. It actually costs money to have the website exist and to have a domain like oncepodcast.com and to have forums and to let people download our podcast and all of those wonderful things that we do, we couldn't do without you because we would be broke. <laughs> so for this episode specifically, we'd like to thank Lisa Slack, Lisa R., James Kinslow III, Greg Shope, and our 20 heroes on Patreon. Yay! If you would like to consider helping us keep this podcast quote unquote on the air and joining with us as one of our heroes you can check out all the options for that at oncepodcast.com slash heroes and thank all of you for your support do you think our heroes could help us get walkie talkies for operation hyacinth it might be a special project we might ask for some special help to get those but um <laughs> yes walkie talkies might be a I good did thing call to have. it. I did say, <laughs> you did. why don't I, they just text? <laughs> <laughs> I thought of you immediately. <laughs> I thought of me immediately, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I loved that, though. Little smart Alec. She just uh, texts her across the table. <laughs> she has good sleight of hand, too. Because you didn't see her text. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, Lucy... Did you find this situation also awkward and inappropriate? Sending your grandbaby in? Yeah. Grandkitty, sorry, grandkitty in. (laughs) She has an extended visit with this potential villain. And instead of confiding in her sister, her adult sister, she sends her granddaughter, who just found out she's her granddaughter, in to sneak into this person's apartment that's weird to me and can i just say okay so if we're going back to season one the sneaking and like sketchy stuff that henry did to try and prove everybody wrong people didn't know about like him and emma emma wasn't like go go break into your mom's house like a few times i think he ran away from like his mom's house to to emma for them to do some type of a thing but it was oh yeah it wasn't as reckless as this. And like, 
I've been saying this forever, but Lucy's not the brightest. (laughs) (laughs) She's not. It's so annoying. They were gone long (laughs) enough to have lunch. They had lunch and then did a stroll. And she hadn't even seen the cards yet by the time she got (laughs) back. Well, I mean, that was just a microcosm of timeline issues. Well, and really bad periphery vision. Or maybe Regina and Dr. Facilier eat like animals. Well, they only had the chowder, so... (laughs) Yeah, so maybe they just wolfed that down. They also only have one speed, Tornado. Right. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) That was cute. There's like a lot of cute references. Yeah, the breaking in part, that was not the strongest part of this episode because... I mean, unless Regina just knows that Facilier is actually kind of stupid because... I'm sorry, but putting tape over the latch of the door, I would notice if my apartment door did not latch, especially a latch like that. Right. And when he came back in and Lucy made her escape, it was because he left the door wide open when he walked in. Well, that's because it didn't latch. (laughs) Right, right. Like, (laughs) Like, did he not at the very least notice that when he came back, he didn't have to do anything but push on his door? Right. And wasn't it like a key card entry? Wouldn't it have made more sense if Regina did something to get the key card and like drop it in front of the front door even or something? (laughs) I feel like you're looking for way more logic in this situation than the writers have at this point. Yeah, it was so odd. It seems too like Regina might have just arranged to go spend some time with him there and then get him distracted from outside. And then look around herself. Yes. I or don't just know. Giving him like a sleeping potion or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the Zelina Regina thing kind of constantly infuriates me because oh. they like they revert back to not trusting each other immediately. <laughs> They've had like 30 plus years to deal with this stuff. But every single time, they Zelina just freaks. <laughs> yeah, I was cursed. Um, so it's kind of annoying. And it's annoying that, I mean, I guess it just shows Zelina hasn't had that much character development. Um, I, it's funny because I had, I had sort of the opposite perspective on that. I thought it was kind of nice to see them sort of do what they always do, but not go dark on each other. Yeah, not quite. It was, it was kind of just sisterly. <laughs> it was kind of like, wait, I don't trust you, so I'm going to follow you and call you out. And then she figured out she was wrong, and they're f- sort of fine. She yeah, was that's... mad, but they didn't have any rift or any changing of sides or making up to do, really. It was just sort of a, I am getting tired of these characters having to sort of promise that they're not going to keep secrets from each other and then keep secrets from each other again. Yeah. But she did come clean. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So right by the end of the episode, they were completely on the same page and sharing all the information, which I like. Except the tarot cards. Cause she definitely hid the tarot card. Did she? I felt like she did, but then she made a comment about showing all the cards. So I think I think that she took, so she confronted Facilier about the cards and then he said he was after the dagger. And I think that was in her mind what it all meant. And so she was giving full disclosure to Zelina by telling her about the dagger. Mm, But then 
I feel like his comment about like take a teaching out of your old friend's book to have it all, get it all, or whatever yeah. he said. I feel like that's still in her mind. She did tell her that she had feelings for him even after learning about the dagger. That's true. Well, feelings don't just go away. No. Well, I mean, depends on what he's got planned and how she feels about that. (laughs) True. Like, if he was there to kill Henry, I think her feelings would probably change. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I I love that she referred to Rumpelstiltskin as her oldest friend. Right. Her oldest friend. Um, I mean, maybe in the literal sense. That's not her best friend. Right. That's that's like Stockholm syndrome. That is like loving your kidnapper. <laughs> no, you're right. That's I mean, he's come around, but well, friend she did of me, reference a maybe twisted history. Yeah, I guess like he was her teacher and then I don't know. When Zelina interrupted them, do you th- on the waterfront do you think that the dagger thing is what he was about to tell her because he said i want to tell you something then zelina came up oh maybe because he said i want to tell you something regina yeah oh he just called you regina and then we and then we got (laughs) oh shut up with your kelly's (laughs) 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 which is kind of how i feel every time throughout the history of this show somebody <laughs> calls someone who's completely awake by their curse name yes <laughs> you've actually taken issue with that quite often because i remember how many times i've said we are both back right. to you <laughs> we yes. are i probably embraced it more this year just because it's easier to separate the stories that way at first it was hard even though I never thought of Regina as Ronnie fully. It was hard to think of her as our Regina for a long time because the setting was so different. So I kept calling her Ronnie anyway. And maybe that's exactly what the issue has been with everybody all along. Well, and I found it hard because half the characters are awake and half of them aren't. So I want to call the ones that are awake by their awake names and the ones that aren't. Yeah, I I do the same thing because I'm thinking now which personality is active. And for... Like for some of them, I, I noticed that on um, on Lucy's phone, she verbally called her grandma, which she just learned that. But in her phone, she was Ronnie. And at first I thought that was kind of funny, but Jacinda's not awake. So, I mean, <laughs> she still has yeah. to be Ronnie. It'd be really weird if <laughs> Jacinda's like, so your grandma's <laughs> yeah. dead. Why is she texting you? <laughs> Yeah, that just took, like, Lucy's delusions to a whole new level. Yeah. But, like, some people are just lazy with their phones. Yes. Well, that's true, Like, one of my friends still has another one of my friends in her phone as Dog Walker, even though they're really good friends now, because they met as what, like, one was being paid to walk the dog for the other person. That's hilarious. So, like, some people just are lazy with changing dog walker their phones and for the longest time like i was in that same friend's phone as aaron and then the name of the yoga studio that i met her at even (laughs) though we like were on a first and last name like maybe her mind is like two jigsaw puzzles in one box and she forgets the context of people maybe or she just has a lot (laughs) of friends so she has to like yeah 
organize them by That's geographic location. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know a lot about tarot cards, but... Uh, I don't either. I <laughs> I consider them bad news. <laughs> yes, bad news bears. <laughs> it's more, more uh, um, odd stuff to see in Once Upon a Time, kind of like pentagrams and... And witchy witches, but uh, apparently there's some possible plot revelation in them. Well, Lucy thought they were important. Lucy did think they were important, and I was proud of her for thinking to take a quick picture. Because (laughs) a picture is worth a thousand words. I think that picture took her like an hour to take, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, from the time that she actually noticed the cards. Um... There was actually time travel, so Lucy was actually only in the apartment for the amount of time we actually saw her in the apartment for the episode. <laughs> Regina says, we were at lunch for a long time, and Lucy says, well, not in this apartment. <laughs> Makes about as much timeline sense as anything else that's happened. Um, we got a little note from Jack, who uh, writes our show notes for us about the tarot cards, so I'm going to just read it because... It's way more knowledge than I have. (laughs) Okay. Regarding Sandy's tarot spread, the death card doesn't always mean someone will die, although in TV and film, it usually is taken literally. It just means irrecoverable change. In Facilier and Regina's case, Regina must tread carefully because Facilier is a magician and he may not be on her side. The magician card is in his spread, literally. But three pentacles means that teamwork is essential in breaking the curse, which is why they need to wake up Rogers ASAP. That's interesting. Mm. I only wrote down the cards that he gave her. I didn't look at the spread too much, but the magician card, that makes sense because he is a magician. And I like that tidbit about the teamwork. Yeah. Of course, there are other possibilities if they really need literally three people. Because Rumple could be one. Yeah, Rumple, Zelina, and Regina could be a team. Or even Lucy, although I don't know how effective she is. <laughs> well. She even left her hat. I didn't. I looked for the hat in every rewatch. I, I looked for it to see when she left it, and I never saw it. But We're being mean to Lucy. It's well, okay, I am. Lucy. Well, you are, yeah. More so you, for sure. <laughs> and just to clarify, everybody... In case you want to send hate to my Twitter. Like, I'm not picking on a kid actress. I have nothing against the actress. I think she's doing a great job. As we say, you you can only act what you're written. I think they're not writing her to be the brightest. I don't think it has anything to do with the kid. I think it's the writing. Yeah. I hope she's used a little more fully. Like, I hope that now that people, now that she can believe more fully and people are admitting that they know the truth too and that she's right. I hope that her character gets to develop a little bit more in these final episodes. I hope we get to see her face when she actually remembers. Yeah. I hope some of that stuff happens soon. I'd like to see the new generation of Mills slash Charmings <laughs> descendants <laughs> in action as who they are, like actual yeah. wake awake Henry and yeah. We've never seen somebody who already believed actually remember because Emma never believed and didn't have a memory to remember. Oh, right, right. And Henry believed, but he had no memory, no background because he wasn't from the Enchanted Forest. 
So we've never seen somebody who actually believes in what they're preaching remember that it's true. That's true. So it's. I think that'll be a good moment. And I, I have faith that we're going to see it. <laughs> and that Henry's not going to die. All the Dr. Facilier stuff is weird. Yep. Actually, even uh, side note, you just said he, you have faith Henry's not going to die. I was confused by Drizella because she seemed to be from a good place encouraging him to go be with Jacinda. Jacinda. But she's one of the only people who knows what will happen. And so she's apologizing and saying goodbye, almost like she thinks she's going to die. But that's kind of a weird thing to do. And at the same time, she's saying, I hope you can forgive me. It's like she doesn't. It's very confusing. Well, and as a sidebar, Alice ate that stuff that Jacinda brought, mochi. So I guess it wasn't magical. (laughs) Oh, I missed that. (laughs) Huh. Drizella doesn't make a lot of sense to me. She's maybe she's off trying to find Anna because she knows that Anna holds the key to curing Henry. And so she's just hoping that in the meantime, true love's kiss doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how encouraging him to go be with Jacinda right now is helping him not die. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, because she does seem genuine. That might have been a, a sloppy moment meant to indicate to us that she's going full hero instead of villain. What I don't understand is we've got, okay, Weaver is awake and knows that Drizella poisoned Henry. Regina is awake and knows that Drizella poisoned Henry. Kelly is awake and knows that Drizella poisoned Henry. But since Lady Tremaine died, has one of them approached Drizella to say, hey, let's work this out now. You got what you wanted. Let's fix this. Nobody has even talked to her. Find out if there's even a way. Yeah, find out if there's a way. Find out if she's switched sides since the I love you, you would have been enough moments. <laughs> right. Sorry, I just I mixed up two dead <laughs> dead mothers, but <laughs> what did Ingrid what were Ingrid's last words? I don't know. Let we it go. Get, we should <laughs> We should make a montage. I can start with Snow hysterically crying as she gives Emma away. Goodness. I'm at a montage of... um, Sorry, I just got emotional. Of sudden redemption slash death scenes. Yeah. (laughs) Last words of villainesses who see the light as they die. Or just last words. That would be okay, too. Because then Graham could... um, didn't wasn't Graham's last word like I believe? Co- Man, this is this episode is going to be like torture for certain people. We just going to bring him up all the time. Well, um, no series is almost over, guys. Like I think his his last words were something like "Ow, my heart." No, <laughs> <laughs> no, he kissed Emma and he he saw it. He rem- oh, he, I think his last words were "I remember." Ooh, really? We gotta go yeah, find this. Because stuff. remember he kissed Emma and then he remembered and then and then he kissed her again and then as he was kissing her again and getting his memory back and the curse was being broken, Regina crushed his heart into powder and threw it oh, on the floor. I forgot about all of that and the implications of it. Still not over. <laughs> uh now we're both gonna get hate in our Twitters. <laughs> 
for all the times I've said send hate to my Twitter, I've never once gotten hate to my Twitter. Oh, so. we love you people. Nah, I, okay, now I really want to record all the last words of Once Upon a Time characters. <laughs> like every character. Yeah, let's do it. We'll work it out. We're going to okay. have a lot of time on our hands soon. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. We'll pop up with episodes once in a while just to say something stupid like, here are the last words of every Once Upon a Time character who died. Now I'm like thinking of last words of characters that aren't even from Once Upon a Time. Oh, I thought you were going to say that aren't even dead. And I was like, man, that's morbid. Oh, no, I remember now. I was like, where is this line <laughs> that I'm thinking of from? It was from Buffy. <laughs> also, it wasn't her last word because, spoiler alert, she didn't actually die. Ooh, you don't buffer your spoiler alerts much. <laughs> the show's been over for over 10 years. <laughs> I know. And wow. I feel like I've seen it because... <laughs> her, her almost last line was, hold the line. Because she just, because they were yeah. in a battle and she gave the weapon to this other girl and said, hold the line. It's did you okay. cry? Um, She didn't actually die. But I mean, did you cry when you thought she did? I'm sure she died several <laughs> times in the duration of the show. <laughs> Do you know what's going to make me cry if we don't get to see, okay, I really, really want to see. No. <laughs> We already did that one. Oh, yeah. I really want to see... I need I need to see the Charmings again before this series yeah. ends. It's not a want. It's a need. And I feel like... Oh, oh, you should say it in Kitsis and Horowitz talk. We would be very disappointed. I would disappointed. be very disappointed <laughs> if I don't if get to see, see the Charmings again. <laughs> Do you think they just had neil do you think they had more babies do you think they're oh my gosh (laughs) they show up with eight children (laughs) (laughs) maybe um snow and emma had babies at the same time (laughs) and then they get into a crisis and and they're trying to figure out how to get out of it and hook says to emma we're getting out of this our children aren't going to be the lost boys (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know Uh, it's a work in progress it's a work in progress. Somebody's going to write fan fiction. I don't know. But. <laughs> I'm sure it's already out there. It's not as good as the Alice in Wonderland one, though, that I referenced earlier this year. Why does Dr. Facilier insert whatever here? Because, like, why is he here? What is... It's like they're setting up for a season that's not happening. Well, if he wants the Dark One Dagger... So my whole thing is, if he wanted the Dark One Dagger, is that also what he was after in the past? I sh- yeah, I should say it feels very weird and once upon a time to have him be there and be after the dagger, but the dagger has been a part of this season all along. It's just been in the background. Yes. And a resolution for Rumpelstiltskin, which totally makes sense because he's one of the only not fully resolved character arcs remaining from the beginning. So hopefully that's all going to be, I'm assuming that's all going to be resolved by the end of the season. Have we seen Rumpel and Facilier together at all in present or in the past? I don't think so. I don't believe so. So that might be interesting. They might not even have history. They might not, although that seems unlikely (laughs) given everything. It's kind of like if they were all on Facebook, I'm pretty sure that (laughs) I don't know where I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking mutual friends like Regina 
and Rumpel have a lot of mutual friends, yes. and I think Facilier is probably one of them. Even if they're just friends on Facebook, they're not really friends. Well, and I guess if Regina has a history with him, then we know he's been around in our time, like or in the time that Regina and Rumpel knew each other from when Rumpel was trying to orchestrate the first curse. Because to me, that's when Regina and Facilier have history, back when she was the evil queen. Right. No, that's true. That is very true. Yeah. And I started to think that maybe he is actually a good guy. But... Did you? (laughs) Encouraging Regina to try to have it all. I was sort of like, well, yeah, how has that ever worked out for her in the past or any of the villains? It's a villain mentality and it never works because it's very selfish. Imagine where we would be right now if when Snow White had Emma, she was just like, nope, I'm going to have it all. (laughs) I'm not going to sacrifice anything to save anybody. Yeah. Emma would be dead. Yep. Or Regina would have killed her. (laughs) They'd all be in Storybrooke, frozen, still. Well, no, because Emma would have never been sent through the wardrobe. Right, but I mean, she would have gone in, she would have gone over with the curse. That's true, yes. No, I think Regina would have killed her, but... Very possibly. Oh, man. I don't... I feel like there's not enough episodes left to wrap up what we need. Like, we also need the wrap-up of the Guardian storyline. Well, yeah. Like, that's from that's, this season. That's That's not, all the dagger stuff. So I yeah. assume that Facilier and the Guardian are... And, and all the Anastasia stuff they're working on. I assume that's all the same storyline. I really think some of these stories are going to be shorter... Than we think, because if we've got eight or nine episodes left and one of them is the 150th episode and we don't know how on story that's going to be for sure. And then we've got two hours for the series finale, which for many reasons, including what they've done historically for the ends of seasons, could be completely separate from the rest of the story. We really just don't have that many hours left for them to wrap up multiple storylines. So some things may start to happen very quickly. Yes. Okay. So let's do this like rapid fire. Who do you think the guardian is? Like if you had to pick right now, Anastasia. Yeah, me too. And who do you think killed the witches? Ooh, in light of that, possibly (laughs) Anastasia, (laughs) But, but kind of not really who killed. I mean, I would still say, if I had to pick right now, I'd say Facilier. Okay. Yeah, I guess I would pick that too. There's just not another possibility. Yeah. Who's going to win, good or evil? <gasps> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> okay, so I, I agree Anastasia is the guardian, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I still think Gothel has something to do with the witches. Because of what happened in the in this episode that we're discussing. Right. But it is so confusing trying to figure out how these separate stories are going to tie together. Yeah. They <laughs> don't seem related. Kind of tie together. Right. Well, like so we've still got Gothel's overall agenda. We've got the agenda of whoever is killing the witches. Mm-hmm. We've got the dagger. I can see some possible intersections. Someone wants to frame Tilly for the murders, and I couldn't really tell you why. 
Well, and that's why I'm leaning towards Gothel, too, because she just hates her. Like, yeah. that's clear from the past, too. She just doesn't like Tilly. Yeah. Maybe uh, it's strange. I don't know. I If if the the blind baker lady hadn't seemed so creepy, I would think that maybe Gothel was killing those that didn't want to be a part because of the doctor's tattoo removal. Oh, that's true. Except that if in her cursed state, she just simply didn't remember why she had that tattoo and she wanted it gone. That could be why she removed it. Yeah, that's true. Ah, Because she's a doctor and it's a creepy tattoo. (laughs) True. Uh, I like the other thing though. People who left, people who left the group of like-minded women (laughs) (laughs) the group of like isn't that how she described (laughs) yeah that's true so maybe i believe too much of what she said in the interrogation room because she's talking about who's killing women like me or like us or whatever and it's like well but she also kind of acted like it was offensive to call them a coven but she called it a coven when she wasn't in there yeah i don't think coven is a derogatory word i think cult is (laughs) Yeah, well, <laughs> there's derogatory, and then there's like, oh, that's actually just evil. So <laughs> true. Yes. Yeah, she's hard to read for sure. So that's all pretty interesting. I like it when things are not straightforward enough to see what <laughs> is coming weeks in advance. I mean, there's still eight episodes. If they can wrap everything up that we need to know in a single episode, we've got lots of time. We can introduce yeah. three more new characters, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Who could we still see? Send us feedback. <laughs> so we need we need to wrap up Henry and Jacinda. We need to wrap up the dagger. We need to wrap up Gothel. We need to wrap up uh, Allison Hook. And we need to kind of like just wrap up the series as a whole. That's only five episodes and there's eight oh my left. Goodness. You're right. Because so they have to figure out how to break the curse without Henry dying. Oh, and um and, sorry. We also need to wrap up Anna and Drizella. So that's yes. Six. And hook needs to be unpoisoned. Yep. So that he and Alice can be together. Yep. And yeah, yeah, and the rumple and the dagger and the guardian thing slash what do they mean when they seemed to have said that someone was still waiting for him? That's going to be the most frustrating wrap-up, I think, because it was the most frustrating thing for them to cleave to. <laughs> cleave. <laughs> Good once-upon-a-time vocabulary word. I don't think I used it correctly, but I tried <laughs> No, because usually they were cleaving from. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it still works. You don't think darkness will snuff out the light, do you? <laughs> I think light belongs in the darkness. <laughs> uh, my I was so happy that we hadn't heard that word snuff out the light for so long. Thanks a lot. If you would like to share with us your theories about who is the guardian and anything that we've just been discussing in the final moments of this podcast, 
please uh, join the discussion. So this concludes our discussion of this episode on the podcast. But you can join a discussion on the forums if you have theories related to this episode or if you have theories for future episodes, be sure to uh, share them with us by emailing feedback at oncepodcast.com so that we can uh, try to include your feedback and your theories into our next podcast. Which we record live on Mondays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. So that means between Friday when the episode airs and Monday when we record is the best time to send your theories and thoughts for inclusion in the podcast. And just remember that if you're sharing any theories with us, we are completely spoiler free, which means we do not even know titles of future episodes. So please do not include any of those things in your feedback for us. Aaron Aaron definitely does not know titles of future episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Please help us out by sharing this episode of the podcast. You can share by going to oncepodcast.com slash 331. You can tweet it share it on your Instagram, share it on your social media. You can follow us on Twitter at once podcast, and you can follow each of us individually on Twitter. I'm Aaron and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P H L E G O N. And you can also follow Daniel on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. Special thanks to our whole team of volunteers who helped to make this podcast possible. Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanan for editing our episodes, Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing spoilers, Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums, Keb for masterminding our timeline, Daniel, Jeremy, Heather, Hunter, and Jacqueline for hosting the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, you should have used walkie-talkies. They squawk. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode. If you would like to be a hero too, please visit oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.